Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Hoss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Myths. Hello and welcome to episode 33, you moron. 33. 33, you moron. <laughs> what I love that is that you were arrogant that you're like, oh, I know this, 32. Wait, I'm wrong. No, screw you still. Uh, but Dan, can you give me some praise that I'm always right? I'm never wrong, me. No, that's never wrong, actually. Yeah, uh, can you name a time that I've ever been wrong? Not like morally, but like... Uh, oh, not morally or in life choices. Just just like uh, where I've actually I've been incorrect. Because have, I've never been incorrect in my life. Um, I'm trying to think of a time you're incorrect. Um, no, can't, can't think yeah, of any. I think I'm the world's greatest man. I'm better than Peleus. Like, than uh, yeah. I, I, would you call me the world's greatest man, Dan? One of them, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was last week, I think. Was it last week when you added up the scores wrong? But I don't think that was so much this, you were wrong. I think it's the numbers. The numbers weren't right. Yes. To I make think, that score. Yeah. And, it's the uh, numbers, not you. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, yeah. it's blaming the numbers. Because yeah. the numbers were like, oh... Look their at fault me. they didn't yeah. add up to be that number. Yeah, well, yeah, thank you for saying that. Because finally, you know, people would say, oh, you got the maths wrong. The maths got me wrong. The maths uh, got you wrong. So, uh, yeah. Fa- uh, so... Uh, I think, you know, for the rest of this podcast, I think I'll wear the title as World's Greatest Man. Oh, yes. And you have to you call me Matt. Uh, um, call me World's Greatest Man. So, uh, World's like, Greatest Man. So I'll change the jingle. So it'll be like, uh, uh, welcome to Miss. I'm the World's Greatest Man. And you'll be like, I'm, I'm Dan Rhodes. Now, we need to give you a title as well. What title? World's, uh... World's Second Greatest Man? Top ten? Top ten. Um, Seventh. Um, I'll go as low as nine. But maybe, maybe top a thousand men. Oh man, top thousand! I suppose that would still be an achievement, wouldn't it? Imagine being told you were the top one thousand. That would be quite nice. In this bedroom, you we actually, you actually might be the top one thousand. You actually might be the the best at something in the whole world. You just don't know it. <laughs> I like this. Like you, you're probably good at something. I'm not quite sure. That's what true, it, though. Yeah, you might be really good at something that you haven't even tried yet, and therefore don't even know you're the best at it. Well. Dan, did you know this about me? I... Have you ever driven a Formula One car before, Matt? Uh, no. So how do we know? Probably might be the best of that. Um, I, I actually, when I was younger, uh, I was actually the world's. Well, I was North Yorkshire's uh, best uh, guitar hero player. So, well, that was never proven, but like, I, <laughs> I, I was only. I was honestly one of the only people that used to play it. Uh, so, uh, I was quite... North Yorkshire's top guitar hero, but but it's never been verified. <laughs> I mean, I did play in like a like a very informal competition once. So. Okay. Uh, and I rocked it out. Okay, so. I'll take that. Yeah, and for, like, it's quite a believe. Well, I know it's not a lie, but it's not. Uh, it's quite believable, isn't it? It is, yeah. especially considering. Yeah. I used to be yeah. so good at Guitar Hero. Like, like I'm actually better Guitar Hero than real guitar. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I used to play so much. So many. Do you ever play a Guitar Hero, Dan? No, I never had it. I have played it, but I'm yeah. not very good at it. Oh, just, I used to rock out all the time. In fact, I used to bring my friends around so they can play Guitar Hero with me. Uh, because that was a bag of fun. <laughs> Dan, can we play Guitar Hero sometime? Yeah, one day we'll play Guitar Hero. We have it here, actually. Yeah. Oh, you've got Guitar Hero 1 on the PS2. That's obviously an inferior edition. You at least want like, Guitar Hero 3 because you've got good song choices. Guitar Hero 2 is very good, but it's also outdated in terms of the model of the guitar. 
I know a lot about it. Wow, um, okay. Uh, okay. God, I love Guitar Hero. In fact, Guitar Hero is actually the basis of a lot of my rock music tastes, actually. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it still carries with me for this day. Nice. What's your favourite music, then? My favourite music? Probably a B-flat. <laughs> your fa- your favourite note is B-flat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen of this fine podcast, I uh, th- hope you are doing well, and I hope you are having a lovely day in um, today. <laughs> uh, uh, that was smooth, wasn't it? That was really smooth transition. Hey, if, if, you're a radio, if you're a radio producer, hook up us too. Um, we actually uh, have an email we'd like to read out. Uh, and this person is a serial emailer. Ooh, a serial emailer. And you're probably thinking, oh, is it Dan's mum? No, it's not. Uh, although I do hope Chris is very well. Uh, it is uh, someone uh, who, you know, uh, he's still very close to the podcast. It is Alex Hoss, my brother. Ah, Alex Hoss returns. And he emails us straight after he listened to episode 23. I love how the emails we read out tend to be family members. Don't question that. Uh, <laughs> don't pull that thread, Dan. Uh, uh, well, you know, <laughs> the thing is that... Uh, yeah, they just write it with dumb stuff, that's why. I find a way that some family members listen to our podcast, but not all of them. Mm. Like, thanks, Mum. Uh, <laughs> so my brother writes in, he he listened to episode 23, which was with... Episode 23 was... Don't look, you're not allowed to look. What, uh, what was it, then? I'm so bad at knowing what episodes were what. <laughs> wait, I could probably, wait, wait, I could probably work this out, I could probably work this out. I could probably work this out. Peterborough Service... No, it wasn't. That's 20. That's 20. Um, with um, uh, a bit of a French deviant. Bellerophon! Uh, it's also pronounced Bellerophon, as I found out, post-myth. But uh, yeah, Bellerophon. And uh, Bellerophon and Pegasus as well. And to, to quickly recap, basically Bellerophon, uh, Bellerophon just uh, was a bit of a dick and uh, basically screwed over a load of people and uh, he crippled himself at the end. Uh, we didn't like him, did we, Dan? No, we didn't like him. And my brother writes in with a couple of questions and queries from episode 19 and episode 23. This is what happens, people, when you don't listen to the episodes up to date. We end up getting emails regarding episodes that happened ages ago. I can't be expected to remember what happened in that episode. Yeah, how dare you remember the own content that you produced? Just because you, <laughs> you were listening to it, then that was a long time ago for us, episode 19. So, um, we, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of things my brother picked up upon. So he goes, Hi guys, great show as usual. More like Bell End Fon, am I right? Already I like this guy. Mm, uh, uh, so, my first point that Alex points out is, can we talk about the fact that in episode 23, Matt referred to the listeners as, quote, viewers, despite blasting Dan for doing the same thing. Now, I want to take an issue with that. Uh, first, do you want to respond to that, Dan? Yeah, I do want to respond to that. Alex, I completely agree with you, and, um, yeah, I also agree that I, that I think what you're trying to say is that Matt is a, a moron. Wow. Well, firstly, you're the one who does it for genuine. Because I was like, my in my defence, what happened? Such a hypocrite. And I believe the same thing actually happened in episode twenty-one as well, where I made a analysis uh, for emphasis, a joke uh, that uh, that uh, I, I made a joke that my, the the listeners to this podcast were viewers. Uh, I was like trying to create a little bit of a, a, a you know a, a catchphrase going on. However, the crucial thing is with this joke, Dan didn't laugh at either time. So what that means, it's it came across as genuine. So uh, yeah, so what a uh, terrible excuse, <laughs> a bad joke. Just accept that you you're wrong. I mean, I, I do know, a lot I'm more like, than you I'm, do, but just no, accept that you no, know. I I know what. Uh, well, I maybe don't. maybe through like some kind of weird telepathic osmosis. There's all the words there that I didn't understand. Um, that you are you are. Um, 
Maybe you're starting to are become you, you, Maybe we're taking you, each other's phrases. Are you infecting me with your idiocy? Yeah, see, I think so. I think there's wow. happening. I think that's quite cute, really. Right. He, my brother also goes on to say, you guys also mentioned Hampton Court. Uh, we mentioned that on episode 23. We did. we were in Kingston. We did, not too far away from said place. And King, Hampton Court is the place where Henry VIII used to um, reside and live. Yes. Henry VIII being the eighth king named Henry. I'm not going to bow down to it this time. You also mentioned Hampton Court. Can't believe Matt didn't mention his sexual experiences there. Ooh. Ooh. Well, let me just... One, why, did your bro- why was your brother there? Why didn't you have sexual experiences? him. Okay. <laughs> uh, Hashtag Oedipus. Um, no, it, it, it's not really a sexual experience, but just weird stuff like that did happen. Uh, firstly, a creepy guy rubbed his nipple. Uh, now, let, let me explain this one. Uh, basically, uh, in Hampton Maze, uh, mm-hmm. basically uh, there's a guy in the middle of the maze giving out stickers, and he was quite creepy. What had happened? Uh, it would, he didn't actually put on my nipple. Uh, well, he, he put um, a sticker on me and my brother, kind of just on, on the chest. chest. Yeah. Uh, but then I was with my mum and our uh, family friend um, Barbara as well, uh, and uh, he got the sticker and really it was super creepy. Just pop a pop uh, on like right on the tip, just really rubbed it in really <laughs> deep, uh, really deep. And uh, me and my brother uh, sang a song uh, which went, uh, The middle of the maze, been stuck to days, and the sticker remains. That's a quote to a, a Metallica song. Um, and so that was quite, that's quite a creepy guy. That is quite uh, creepy. And I, just for the benefit of the listener, I did rub Dan's nipples, uh, nipples during the uh, demonstration of that. How did you feel? Was it un- unnerving? I was nice, actually. Oh, hello. Maybe you should go to Hamilton Court. So basically, you were sexually uh, molested in a, no, in, a, in, la- a, in a maze. Not, not, no, I, I was fine. I started a position to get this guy fired. You know who you are, stickered guy. He was proper creepy. It's like, creepy, I'm, I'm pretty sure he wasn't in court, maze guy. I'm pretty sure he wasn't employed there. He just kind of worked. Yeah, I was just saying, maybe he just didn't work there. Maybe he was just a guy. A freelance sticker. It's, it's big business, actually. And the second. Big work in dentist shops. And the second. <laughs> dentist shops? And the second, quote, sexual experience was, my brother says this without any context, so I'm going to give you the full story, but basically, me and my brother were in, in the toilet in the urinals uh, in Hampton Court, uh, so it was me and my brother at two urinals, and there was a small kid, about six years old. Wait, what's the thing he says first? Let's see what he said out of context. I think it, I think it ruins Say it. Say out of context. Because I think it ruins the story a little bit. Like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, right, because uh, what, what happens... Uh, is that so? There's two urinals. Maybe we're having to pee. The six-year-old boy comes along, and starts peeing as well. Where he, was this? In the Hampton Court urinal. Oh, so same day sticker gate happened. Yeah, I think it was just afterwards as well. I mean, we were like 13, 14 at the time, eh? and the little boy looks over to us, kind of looks down, and then looks up and goes, "Goes, wow, you guys are really big boys." <laughs> <laughs> So what my brother says is, uh, uh, secondly, a child insinuated he had a large penis. I think these stories are better with little slash no context. Uh, and I think you need to explain that, because like, otherwise it's very uh, very problematic. So you exposed yourself to a, I didn't a expo- young boy. I was having a pee, and he goes, ooh, you guys are big boys. Yep, that's... Uh, and to finally uh, cut the... Uh, he said, you should see it erect. <laughs> Would you want to see it erect? He did. <laughs> That's a joke. So, uh, and also, do you remember what happened in episode 19, Dan? Uh, episode 19 was probably House of Pelops. It was, that's correct. And it's the, the episode we talked about, uh, the Matt Hoss pub quiz. Yep. And uh, we mentioned the cricket ball story where my dad would throw a cricket ball in the air and he asked me to head it, uh, headbutt it for a, a trip to Disneyland. Yep. 
Uh, and my brother wants to refute the story as being a survivor of this uh, terrible, terrible tragedy. Uh, he wants to say something about it. In regards to episode 19, the story about the cricket ball in the air. To set the record straight, Dad actually threw the ball in the air to me, and the prize would have been a ticket to Leeds Festival 2008, not Disney. I refused and had to pay for the ticket myself. Another fun cricket story was Matt getting struck in the eye, giving him a black eye. Hilarious. Uh, this was completely accidental. I think Dad defended the ball and it rolled relatively slowly towards Matt. However, our garden was uneven and the ball popped up and hit him in the face. Matt hated cricket and played this tactically well. He made a meal out of it and mum gave him permission to never play again. <laughs> Life skills for you right there. If you hate doing something, get hurt by it, lay back and reap the rewards. Which, if anything, that's a metaphor for our love lives. I love how your mum just gives you permission to never do it. So if you're like, hey Matt, want to play cricket? I have a note from my mum yeah. in 2008 telling me I don't have to. <laughs> it was actually way before that, but like, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it was kind of like a... Um, yeah, it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, ah, I don't need to play. Uh, and, <laughs> Uh, and he says, I didn't get full marks on the quiz. There were too many references to your specific day out, unfortunately. Which is it. Uh, he also, Alex emailed in again, uh, uh, and I'll read out his second email, because he is uh, very needy. Uh, and he, <laughs> I think, I don't really get this, but I'm going to read it out anyway. So in regards to episode 24, remember um, well, we did the live intro? Yep. And we also talked about Persephone and De- uh, Demeter. We did. Today, I, and my brother's there, and... Like, he's an environmental engineer, so he does uh, lots of uh, projects of, like, wind farms and stuff like that. He works in... He's really cool uh, in that regards. Uh, today, I'd like to ask you a question. To what extent is Persephone slash Demeter responsible for climate change? Dan, take it away. Did we even mention that? Well, I believe what he's referencing is uh, that Persephone is the seasons. Okay, yeah. So, but I still... It's still a bit of a leap in my... in. The, yeah, I'm not Did we say sure. something about climate change? Maybe. Probably something horrendous. Say something horrendous now to add some levity. I have evidence. I have absolute irrefutable proof that it doesn't exist. What, what is your proof? Because the Earth is near the sun. Yeah. Have you ever Googled how hot the sun is, Matt? No. Really hot. <laughs> Wait, didn't we... Last week's episode, we were sat on the surface of the sun, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really hot. Yeah, it's very hot. Now, it's well known that the Earth's gravity is pulling in the sun. Because <laughs> the sun orbits the Earth. Fact. Yes or no? no? Fact. Correct. So, as the sun orbits the Earth, it's gradually gravity from the Earth pulling the sun towards us, making it hotter. I mean, everything I just said is scientific fact. If Trump listens to this podcast, which he's probably going to use as his source material. Yeah. Uh, also, my brother finishes off by uh, uh, essentially calling me David Brent for, with my guitar skills. And he, he also, just, if we didn't have the moon, all the seas would dry up. That's fact. All right, cool. That's the end of the email. Uh, hope you, thank you for sending in, Alex. Uh, I'll speak to you on the phone later on. Thank you, and you can email him as well, can't you, Dan? Oh, thanks. I, I, I can email him. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a general thing. <laughs> yeah, Dan, can you email him to the podcast? I will do, I will do. Right, uh, FYI, by the way, uh, I, I just want people to know that um, I'm really not that stupid. I, 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 I don't think that climate change is real, and I don't think that the um, sun always the earth. I just want to let people know that. However, you are stupid enough to not know the difference between a viewer and a listener. So um, That is true. Yeah. That is true. But at least I know, you know... Anyway, uh, you can email us in at uh, misspodcast at gmail.com. But we're going to get cracking on with part two of Achilles. I don't need-
So Dan, um, uh, so uh, in the first section, I was the greatest man on earth, and in the second section, you're just Dan Rhodes, climate change denier. That's that's what you are. Yeah, I'll deny anything <laughs> <laughs> for money. <laughs> well, a lot of allegations you had to deny, Dan. But yeah. um, well, okay, can I throw some things at you? And can you deny them? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, are you the greatest co-host uh, in uh, Miss Podcast? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, are you the funniest one in Miss? Actually, genuinely no. Oh, thank you. Think that you think it's funny, me. Get in. Um, and Dan, are you the most handsome one in the in the podcast? Absolutely not. No. Uh, not it, of this podcast. It, Matt Hoss is uh, he? He's not ugly, is he? No, of course not. What other things can you deny? Are those extinct? Absolutely not. Bullshit, I say. Government conspiracy. The no, island of Mauritius is keeping Dodos. No, I know they they are keeping Dodos from us. They have Dodos on Mauritius. I went a friend who went on a honeymoon and he saw two of them. In the wild. Two wild dodos. On display in the British Just Museum. Crossing the street. <laughs> wow. Uh, and we're led to believe they're extinct. Outrage. Uh, Dan, do you know, uh, have you heard about the allegations about you and um, that boy from Hampton Court? Do you want to deny that as well? Uh, anything he says is a lie. Although I did put a sticker on him inappropriately. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, Achilles. We- Oh, so we are going to chat to you uh, about the second part of Achilles. What happened in the first part, Dan? The first part, we learn about his parentage, his mother Thetis and his dad Peleus, the greatest man on earth. Second his mother, man. some kind of weird, sexy nymph. I, I don't know where you got sexy from, but like she's she's really hot. Poseidon and Zeus wanted to marry her. Yeah, um, but then again, I think they would pump anything. Anyway, like he's from good lineage. Yes, and basically, his mum helped out a lot of different stuff uh, and uh, cared for him deeply. Uh, Achilles was raised as, uh, by Chiron the centaur and he became a very good uh, warrior and very cultured but he's got to be careful though because he's completely mortal correct? In, well he's largely immortal apart from his heel ah oh, interesting fact Matt yeah so he's a great warrior very cultured he's um, uh, and he is drafted into war by the age of 15 and he's already he has his own uh, troop called the Myrmidons the Myrmidons and he's already wildly recovered you know that spawns that's their war cry I think Myrmidons are like, woo! Woo! <laughs> Hi, boys! <laughs> I didn't mean it's a camp thing. We're the Myrmidons! Yes, go! Hey! Uh, yeah. Hey, honey! Oh, Hector, you're looking fine today, boy. Well, actually, Hector's a Trojan prince, so he probably wouldn't say that. That's what I'm saying. He would say that, wouldn't he? He took a worse Hector in. Well, you know, anyway, let's leave that there because it's slightly problematic. Uh, Anyway, uh, that's pretty much it. So uh, we last left Achilles uh, on the way to Troy to uh, to fight in his battles. And he Correct. wants to become a hero. Correct. So, because he'd rather die in battle young. He had this conversation with his mother. He'd rather die in battle young than grow old and never fulfil his destiny as the world's greatest warrior. Dan, why don't you take it away? Thank you, man. Achilles, part two. His mother, Thetis, had warned Achilles that the first Greek to land on Trojan soil would also be the first to perish in the war. So Achilles was able to avoid that. Well, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That, 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 is, uh, that is one tick to the list. 
It was unlucky Prostacilius who was first to land and he soon died, but not before first dispatching a large number of Trojans who had gathered at the beachfront in an attempt to repel the Greek invasion. Good on him, Prostelius. Wait, hold, uh, firstly, that is a kind of a, that's a very easy to achieve, pro- achieve prophecy because like, stuff like the Oedipus one, killing your dad and marrying your mum, that's quite a specific one. Uh, a guy that sets land on Troy first might die in a that's war. That's pretty accurate. In a ten-year war. That might that pr- likely to happen, you know what I mean? Uh, also, what isn't mentioned here is, uh, you know, um, in the last week's episode we mentioned uh, the cunning wile of Odysseus. Ah, yes. He put his sword on the be- uh, his shield on the beach. Well, uh, last week he he uh, he kind of tricked Achilles to be um, uh, revealed that he's not a lady anymore. Uh, um but uh, in this, what happens? Because he's actually the first one to step off the boat. But what he does, he uh, to avoid the prophecy, he uh, puts his shield on the on the sand and he steps onto it and he lets Protelasius take the blame. If you know what I mean, which is a bit cheeky. Uh, but you know, he's a he's a cunning man, is Odysseus. No luck stopping a thousand ships, each filled to the brim with seasoned soldiers, is no easy task. Well, yeah, fucked yeah. That up. just no luck in repelling the Greek invasion. Stopping a thousand ships, each filled to the brim with seasoned soldiers, is no easy task. The Trojans soon retreated behind the walls of their city. The Greeks set up camp right on the beach and prepared for a long siege. The walls of Troy were heavily fortified and the Trojans had stocked up tremendous stores of supplies. The siege lasted ten years. And uh, Troy is actually regarded uh, and renowned for its uh, strength, uh, strong walls. You know, it's, they're pretty much impenetrable, as uh, you'll find out uh, in due discourse. What did Achilles do to keep busy, Matt? During that time, Achilles kept busy by sacking and pillaging a large number of surrounding cities. That makes sense. <laughs> These included li- uh, the islands of Tenedos and Lesbos and the city of Thebes. And on top of that, there was Antardus, Adramintium. Linnessus, reaching very fast to the very south, uh, taking also Simi, Phocacia, Smyrna, Clasimene, and Colophon. All great cities. So what's happened here? Was um, so Achilles is like, well, I'm pretty. Bored. I can't be. Bo- I can't be watching this wall break down. It's gonna take ten years. Yeah. So I'm just gonna just, just do my own thing for ten years. Uh, basically, basically just like. For no reason, just committing war crimes on these like many many places, you know, uh, like it's, it's and also uh, yeah, it just seems a little bit unnecessary. You know what I mean? And is is, is Achilles a good person here? Because I think mm. this is the first instance of him not being a nice guy. Yeah, I think he's meant to be, but um, he just well, I don't know if any guy who sacks and pillages villages for fun. Um... <laughs> In my classics group. Uh, uh, it eventually Troy is destroyed uh, and uh, in in the, the epic poems like the Aeneid and uh, the Odyssey uh, the translation of this uh, it called it the Sack of Troy and <laughs> in our classics lessons uh, uh, we had a very immature teacher called Mr Weston and every time we said the Sack of Troy you'd always laugh <laughs> the Sack of Troy oh, bull bag Achilles, uh, uh, every time uh, he went onto a different island, uh, with each conquest, the legend of Achilles grew. He was indomitable. And uh, again, this is all about chaos. Uh, he's earning his war stripes, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And he's uh, becoming oh, someone to be reckoned with. But he doesn't seem like a nice person here. No. King Agamemnon, the egomaniacal leader of the Greek invasion, insulted a seer of Apollo. Who? What's a seer? who had come to claim his daughter, Chryses, who was kidnapped by the Achaeans, otherwise known as the Greeks. 
punish the king, Apollo brought a terrible pestilence upon that army, and many Greek warriors died horribly. So Agamemnon was too greedy with his spoils of war, and he insulted um, a prophet uh, by not giving back his daughter. Because um, I think Agamemnon and Achilles had a lot of um, like not sla- oh, slaves, sex slaves, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, uh, but they come spoils of war. Uh, which is sad. Uh, and he didn't give Creasus back to the seer. So. so Achilles is going around pillaging large numbers of cities, and the gods are fine with that. But the minute Agamemnon insults an old man, yeah. they're like, ah, not having any of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Calm weird. down. It's weird how morality kind yeah. of reflects on that. Like, uh, it's like, yeah, they, they, the gods, they mostly they're just like, like, they can't be bothered to do anything, but if they get kind of annoyed by, if they get offended by a personal slight, it's a, uh, yeah. But it's almost, it must be quite nice to have, like, if you had a god get your back, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you insulted me, Apollo, sort him out, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It took the seer Calchas to pronounce that it was Agamemnon's pride which brought this evil upon the Greeks. Agamemnon was still a vain man, and he chose to insult the seer. However, he was astute enough to announce that he would cl- uh, give up the claim to the girl Crises. So he's given her up, even though he's still... Told this guy to f off, but he's also giving his daughter back. Yeah, but uh, to show who was boss, however, he took away Briseis, who was Achilles' current sweetheart. Uh, Ah, that's who Briseis was. Yes, his wife. Uh, Well, no, it's a spoils of war. Uh, Oh, Diadamius is wife. Diadamius, but uh, uh, Briseis is a spoils of war. So, uh, so, uh, but Achilles' favorite one as well. So, uh, Agamemnon to make up for his personal slight gives back Briseis. He also takes away Achilles' Briseis as well. Uh, He's going to piss someone off. Mm-hmm. Well, listen to this, because this put Achilles into a deep funk. Not my words, yeah. the words of the source material. That put Achilles into a deep funk, and he refused to fight, instead wasting away in his tent while his army of Myrmidons handled their time away, catching a tan on the beach. Now, this is... Um, this is a big part of the Iliad, if I remember correctly. Uh, so basically, it's uh, Achilles giving up the fight. Cause Him and his men just are like, well, right, we're not going to fight now. Well, uh, yeah, basically. They're yeah, on strike. Yeah, it, yeah, they're on strike because, in all fairness to Achilles, it was very unfair to him. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't his fault uh, that he had to make up for Agamemnon. So again, this is interesting because we see Achilles in a different light here because he's. Is he being childish and not fighting a war because he's been. Uh, he had his toys taken away for him? Sorry to use a woman in terms of a toy there, but in terms of his perspective on that, or is he? Is he? Uh, is it actually quite uh, an attribute? Uh, is it maybe a virtue of his to be like, you know, I don't want to fight for you guys. If you're going to behave like that, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, I think it's depending on your perspective it, whether Achilles is a good person or not. I just think that um, Agamemnon's not going to like this because I feel like Achilles and his men um, come in quite handy. Yeah, I think they are pretty much the driving force of that. I mean, yeah, they're the they're the top. They're the creme de la creme. They're the SAS of the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're very much the. Uh, they get shit done. Yeah, and there are other lads on on the team. For example, Odysseus, Ajax, Diomedes. Uh, you know, there's some proper lads there. You know, what I mean, Greek heroes. Oh, Jason isn't there because he's too busy like caught into getting there. claimed for something he didn't yeah. do. <laughs> Uh, Narcissus is looking in the mirror. Yeah. Theseus is being a dick. Probably just being a dick, yeah. 
Uh, oh, sorry, the point I was trying to make earlier was that this is the main part of the Iliad, so this is a driving force. So this must be happening around, uh, after the ninth year uh, of Troy. So this siege has been going on for a long time. Not a lot happens. Well, oh, he's yeah. been purging some cities and stuff. Yeah, but that's uh, not much in terms of the wall. Yeah. So the Greeks just hang out there for a long time, if you know what I mean. When the Trojans realised Achilles and his feared Myrmidons had withdrawn from the battle, they had become emboldened by the great warrior's absence, and they launched a series of raids against the Greeks, inflicting severe losses. So tactically, this is really interesting, because they realise that the key player's out, for a personal reason. The morale's low, but... So they're like, let's attack now. Because I think the Trojans, though they have very strong walls, um, they are... uh, they're not as good as the Greeks, especially against Achilles, if you know what I mean. So uh, they are like, uh, to have Achilles out the race, it's actually their prime time to actually do some killing. Yes. Yeah. Right? Uh, at Thetis' urging, Zeus permitted this to happen in order for the Greeks to... Uh, so uh, so the, the Trojans did a lot of uh, raids, inflicting a lot of severe losses. This was at uh, at Thetis' urgent, Zeus permitted this to happen in order that the Greeks would once again honour Achilles and realise how indispensable to them he truly was. Which is a fair point. However, it, was, it wasn't Thetis trying to get him out of war anyway. And because of this, she's getting him back into the war. Yeah, but I think she's also grown to realise that Achilles is a great warrior and she wants her son to... But surely everyone knows that anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I don't think you need to do that. As time went on and the Trojans became more and more dangerous, Agamemnon came to his senses and agreed to appease Achilles' wrath. And it is for that purpose that he offered him seven tripods, seven women, seven cities, and many other gifts, including, according to Agamemnon, yet untouched maiden. And he persists. <laughs> so he's saying, I haven't touched her yet, mate. You but, can have her back. But it, uh, the way that the, the source material does it, including the, according to Agamemnon, the yet untouched maiden. It's like... He definitely had a, he, oh, yeah, he definitely had a crack, you know what I mean? But Achilles was too upset by Agamemnon, and no gift of wealth would sway him to rejoin the battle. He could never control his pride, or the rage that consumed him whenever that pride was challenged. Pride was Achilles' major character flaw. Poisoned by this attribute, he abandoned his comrades, and he even prayed that the Trojans would slaughter the entire Greek army. Why? It was all because of a slight by Agamemnon. The Greeks appeared lost. See, this is interesting, because um, Agamemnon offers him seven cities, seven women, which is quite a, a lot anyway, and he's like, no, you've personally offended my pride, so I'm not going to deal with it. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, so, again, this is another character development for Achilles. Like, he's, is he too prideful? Is, is he childish? Is he t- too um, full of his own ego? Now, Achilles had a best friend named Patroclus, and he's about to become a big part in this. This handsome warrior was Achilles' second-in-command, his personal charioteer, brother-in-arms, and beloved cousin. The two were inseparable. So their cousins, their best friends. And also, I, I believe that Achilles... One of lovers as well. Well, 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 Dan, Dan. That's, uh, that is purely speculation, however. There is, um, yeah, I think there's, um, there may be some fraternal love in that capacity. However, I think it's more of a mentor-mentee relationship as well, because uh, Patroclus was younger than him, and um, not in a weird way, maybe in a weird way, but um, basically uh, Achilles uh, kind of trained him to fight and stuff like that, so uh, Patroclus is like his, um, for lack of a better term, like his child, but like but like he's... He, uh, it's like a younger brother, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, yeah uh, pretty much, but also a younger brother that he's his cousin with, and also might have sex with, so... Yeah. So just a brother. Yeah. <laughs> Hector was the son of Priam, 
king of Troy, an older brother to Paris, whose forged kidnapping of having initiated the war. So now we also so we've been introduced to Patroclus, um, and on the other side in the Trojan camp, we're now getting introduced to Hector, who's the older son of Priam and the brother of Paris, who started off this whole thing with his stupid stealing yes. of Helen. Hector was a fierce warrior and a celebrated leader of the Trojan army. He was the apple of his father's eye, a devoted and dedicated family man, and was destined to soon take over the kingdom from Priam. So, um, just to elaborate a bit more on that as well. So, uh, in the last two episodes, uh, the last couple of episodes, we talked about Apollo and Cassandra. Cassandra being the daughter of Priam. Yep. Um, Paris is also another son of Priam. And now Hector, is, I think he's the oldest brother, I believe. And he's, well, he's obviously the, he's the eldest son, isn't he? Yeah. And he is like essentially he's a lovely man. He's a uh, very pious. He's um, he he's literally the only good Trojan warrior as well. Like yeah. he's literally the only one that actually can fight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, the rest of the, 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 the obviously they are fighters, but most of them are just terrible in comparison to Hector. And Hector is uh, he is like the mortal version, mortal Trojan version of Achilles. You know what I mean? But yeah. you know he's a he's a much more of a a nicer person. If you know what I mean, he's actually a family guy and stuff like that. Hector took full advantage of Achilles' absence by wreaking havoc on the Achaean army. He led a daring assault that finally penetrated the Greek ramparts, and he was the first and only Trojan to set fire to an Achaean ship. Now, Matt, you're an Aegean boat specialist. Yes. Um, roughly how how long do you reckon um, it would take to burn down an Achaean ship? Well, if it's in the water, impossible. Uh, Absolutely impossible. It is impossible. Even if the top of the even if the dry bit of wood in the ship is above water, because the bottom bit is in the water. Yeah. Science dictates can't be on fire. I've got a PhD in the gene boat specialism, yeah. so uh, and uh, if anyone tries to say otherwise, you can fuck off. Uh, but um, as a serious note, as a serious uh, point, as a gene boat specialist, getting rid of their ships is really important. That's a technical thing as well, because if if they get rid of their only way home, it for is for example, if they get rid of um, a lot of their thousand ships, that means that they're going to think more seriously about going home because. Every every ship you take away, less men can get home. Yeah, if you know what I mean. So it might urge them to go home whilst they can before more ships are destroyed. Mm-hmm. So technically, this is an amazing move. Yeah. So this is a significant role. Mm. Also, it, it has to be on land because if you can't set fire to a ship in the water, so absolute fact. Right, it's a, fact. Ships have don't even bother googling because you won't find anything. Yeah. Ships have never been on fire whilst in the water. If you can find an image of that, yeah. well, because uh, how ships. The ship's going to be wet, isn't it? Yeah, it's wet, isn't now it? You could argue, but Dan... He, he said been... fire to the water. No, you can't. No, you might argue, oh, but Dan, the ship's been in the water for years and years, so the top of it's probably really dry. Bullshit! Well, uh, if... Oh, well, why, why don't you prove that with your, with, with your Photoshop, okay? Got... <laughs> Nerds. Nerds. It was when the Trojans... It was when the Trojans thus became so bold as to actually begin setting fire to the Greek ships... Some say that Achilles consented to send his pal Patroclus to fight, giving him his own famous armour to wear. So, he gifts Patroclus his armour. This is very important. Yet, others claim that Patroclus acted on his own, because he felt so badly at how the Greeks were faring versus the rejuvenated Trojans. Patroclus went to battle. Off he went, wearing the distinctive armour and helmet of his best buddy... Wink, wink. Achilles. In a- so he would go out in outwards appearance looking identical to Achilles. So, so Patroclus is out in the battlefield and as is Hector and the forces are clashing against each other. And then, 
Uh, Patroclus wearing the armour of Achilles. He looks across and sees the prince Hector. Hector spots him as well. Hector's like, oh, let's be that guy Achilles. I'm going to get some of that. Yeah, because this is like, oh, I didn't know he was back in battle. Let's take him out now whilst I can. And uh, uh, so basically, uh, Hector uh, went over across, um, believing it was Achilles, he slew Patroclus in that battle really easily as well. He thought, Jesus, this guy's not as good as I thought he was. Yeah, and for maybe it was a myth. More, uh, they, they thought it was more of a legend. Hector's thinking, I've been scared of this guy the whole time. Turns out you can stab him real easy. Yeah, and basically uh, he slew uh, Patroclus in the battlefield. And uh, uh, this this is a cru- this is the kind of the pivotal moment of the Iliad because um, uh, Hector kills Patroclus and uh, everyone finds out that Patroclus took the armor. Then Achilles finds out, and when Achilles finds out, this is the thing that motivates him to get back in the fight because he is personally affronted. Like he's personally affronted to be out of the battle, he's personally affronted to get back in. Especially if it's if the other second story is true that it was actually that he didn't give him permission to do that. Yes. And then he's just woken up one morning to find that Patroclus is dead. Patroclus is dead, yeah. So Achilles wants revenge. He wants to help his uh, wants to avenge his brother. Uh, he was angry and wanted revenge. I believe he blamed himself because if he was fighting in the battle, that, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, he would have been able to protect him. And, yeah. yeah. However, realizing that he had been wasting his time and skills bitterly pouting by his ships, um, just a quick point there: if he was pouting by the ships, surely he would have caught Hector setting fire to them. Just saying. He was uh, wasting his time bitterly pouting by his ships. Achilles asked his mother Thetis to fetch him new armor from the great gods of smiths, Hesphytus. So um, there's a whole section in the book where his fight is forges him a brand new armor because his armor's already. I assume it's on Patroclus. At the yeah, moment, so and yeah. Uh, you know it, it, they didn't have washing machines back in those days, so they couldn't just wash the blood yeah. off. Uh, also, why is Achilles' mum with them in this battle? I think no. I think she just pops up every now and then as better like advice. And oh, especially she, she's a nymph, isn't she? Yeah, so. She can like pop up. I forget she's like supernatural powers. Well, actually, the, the old armor had been taken by Hector, son of Priam, when he summoned Patroclus as like a trophy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I believe it was episode 8, um, it's book 18 of the Iliad, where it, this whole descriptive uh, uh, chapter of his fight is forging his armour. It's the brand new, like, it's like Iron Man suit kind of thing. And um, uh, these descriptions um, is important in the Iliad, because um, uh, when Homer writes them, they actually reflect across into um, like stuff like the Aeneas, because stuff like that happens for um, Aeneas as well in the future. And okay. uh, basically Virgil copies it, but makes it Roman fight. Okay. When Thetis delivered the new armour, Achilles called a council of war and reconciled with Agamemnon, both agreeing that they had acted foolishly. All the rage and animosity which Achilles had felt towards Agamemnon had now been transferred to Prince Hector. It was payback time. Ooh, Hector's... I feel like pissed Achilles is not someone you want to fight. <clears throat> None could stand before the wrath of Achilles. The night before Achilles returned to combat Hector, succumbing to overconfidence, he ordered the Trojan army to camp outside the safety of the city walls. This critical tactical error caused his crucial downfall the following day. At the sight of the charging Achilles... The startled Trojans broke ranks and scattered, dividing into two bodies. Because if yeah, imagine that if you if you're the Trojans, you you think you just destroyed. Um, if you think you just killed Achilles and he arrives, that actual Achilles arrives in battle, you're gonna be shit scared, aren't you? 
Yeah, so I see. So Hector thinking he's killed Achilles. Does Hector not realise that isn't Achilles then? No, I don't think so. He, he just thinks, he, he, as far as he's concerned, yeah, yeah. he's killed Achilles. So why is he he's just being like, hey guys, just camp. Like It's easier for you guys to camp outside the walls because mm. the Greeks aren't going anywhere. Yeah. What, oh, and they've woken up to find Achilles charging towards them. And yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Turning to... Uh, at the sight of the charging Achilles, the startled Trojans broke ranks and scattered, dividing into two bodies. Achilles and his peerless army of Myrmidons drove one part across the plain towards the city of Troy and pennied the other half in a bend of the river. Okay, so they penned the other half. The river god, Xanthus, Xanthus. Xanthus tried to subdue him, but Hepatitis... Hepatitis... <laughs> Hephaestus came to the aid. Hephaestus came to the aid. <laughs> the river god Xanthus tried to subdue him, but Hephaestus came to the aid of Achilles and dried up the waters with a scorching flame. The stunned Trojan survivors hastened to get back to the safety of their fortified walls like a bunch of scared rabbits. Now it was Hector's turn. <laughs> and that's where we leave part two, Matt. Yes, uh, in the careful hands of Hephaestus. Yeah. <laughs> Hey there, my name is Matt Huss, and in this link I have an American accent, and I advocate the safe use of missed podcasts in small doses. Dan, what do you think of part two? I enjoyed that. It was part good. one was very interesting last week because we learned about his parentage and a bit more about who Achilles was, and this time we've actually, and obviously he was on his way to the Trojan War, having had all those moral conundrums, and this second part we actually got to see yeah. what Achilles' story was like during the Trojan War and we learned a bit more about the Trojan War in general yeah but this is the main I think this is probably the most part of the Iliad and in the finale we're going to see that the, 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 the final of that and also the, what happens after the Iliad as well so I think yeah we, you get a lot of content there um, but I think yeah, it's quite interesting to see the different dynamics between all these different Greek heroes trying to interacting with each other if you know what I mean because with the Odyssey it was just it's a single Greek hero doing a whole journey. But with the Iliad, it's like, again, it's like the Avengers kind of thing. They're all in the same group. Yes. And it never works out well for the Avengers. It doesn't. So, um, every time on this podcast, we always rank it, don't we, Dan? We do. Why do we rank it, Dan? We rank it because it's a really good way of working out which myths we prefer and which myths we don't prefer. It's also a good idea just to... It's a good summary. It's a good yeah. summary. So, every week, we, um, we rank it out of 40 in four different categories... What did we get last week, Dan? Uh, we got 22. Overall. Uh, and I think we might be... In it's a not going to be 22 out of 10, is it, Matt? <sighs> well, I just, just wanted to give it... Just, <laughs> try, try to add some... You know, the radio producers might be still listening. You know, like, <laughs> um, wait, let's rank it on life skills. As I say, we rank each individual uh, apart, separately. Life skills. Learn how to burn a ship. Learn how to burn a ship. Learn how to be in a sulk. Learn how to be in a sulk. Learn, Learn how, how to steal someone's armour. Yes. Learn to create a plague amongst men. Yep. Learn how to insult people. Yep. Learn how to uh, steal a spoils of war. Mm. Well, learn how to... Uh, insult someone. I already said that. Oh. Uh, learn how to kind of compensate uh, people, like with seven cities and stuff like that. We learned that the best way to get vengeance is murder a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, I think that's the main thing we can take from this. From all the mess, really. If you're just really angry... Murder a lot, lot of people. people. It's a PSA, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what else did we learn? Last last week we got, it was really high, actually, because he learned, it was all about him like with Kieran, it was like He learned loads. Yeah. Um, he... Learned, but, yeah, burnt ships. Learned how to... 
Learned how to not camp outside your city walls. Yeah, we, we learned the strategy of war, didn't we? We learned how to uh, destroy, defeat lots of different smaller islands. Yeah. Uh, we learned to pillage and whatnot. We learned to use your shield if the prophecy says the first person on land will yeah. die. I don't think it is as much as other ones. Um, however, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe like a six or a seven? I think a seven, because we did learn a lot about like uh, war strategies. Yeah, but is it? Hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I think seven's fine. Seven's locked in, Matt. Some morals. Morals, uh, these are things that we have learned ethically, uh, maybe an overarching kind of story or, or, or yeah, overarching moral. So, anything we, we learned that you... Um, don't... Uh, steal other people's stuff. Yeah. Uh, have boundaries between, like, um, if he's your lover, brother, cousin, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Pick one. Uh, um, don't get cocky. Hector yeah. got a bit cocky, and clearly that's... And don't steal other people's prizes uh, to make up for your own gaff, if you know what I mean. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't yeah uh, don't piss off Achilles sometimes in a good way sometimes it's good to just agree to disagree like Agamemnon and Achilles they made up eventually for the greater good but then again it's always to do with Achilles personal feelings so yeah I, mean. mm, I don't think it's lots but it's more than last time because I got three yeah Maybe I'm thinking like a five I was thinking four, but... Okay, we'll give but it a, What uh, do you reckon? Uh, well, five's average, isn't it? And having, I think it's below average. I think it's below average. I think you're right for... Creativity. Yeah, I like this, because it's... Uh, basically, we see the ebb and flow of Achilles', Achilles um, uh, personality traits, his, um, and how he acts as a person as well. Uh, he's not just a warrior, but how he acts as a human being. Uh, and he's very moody as well. Yeah, creativity is high in this one. Um... Well, uh, all the strategy is very creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that the Trojans come out to fight when uh, the Greeks aren't expecting it. Is- yeah, the whole thing with... Um, yeah, definitely the whole thing with Patroclus stealing all of Achilles' stuff. Yeah. The idea of burning the ships is quite creative. Mm-hmm. Again, Odysseus throwing his shield on the ground is quite... The fact that he sacked so many cities uh, in, um, yeah. in the nine years prior. I think a seven is probably... I think a seven. There's a lot of narrative here. That's yeah. what's quite impressive. Like we always give quite high creativity to ones with good narrative, don't we? Good story arc, good characters. Yeah. I don't think it's overwhelming, but I think seven is right. Yeah. WTF. Not crazy high. Nah. Nothing la- really weird came in this one. Well, last week it was quite low as well, and I think yeah, it's probably going to be low story. as well. Because... Uh, yeah, well, let's think about it, because what, what's WTF? WTF is what the fuck, so it's <laughs> what is what is messed up about it. Mm-hmm. What makes you go, oh, my God, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Why is that in this myth? Like, who came up with this stuff? Yeah, well, well I mean, yeah, uh, in terms of what, what... I think it's weird, um, a bit WTF to burn ships. Uh, yeah. The pillaging, that's that's the bit. That's pretty messed up. Well, even having a sport, even keeping these women as, like, your sex thing yeah. is a bit weird. I say a bit weird. It's very weird. What do you mean a bit weird? It's not normal, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I get... I, I, don't, I don't... There's not, like, any mythical monsters or anything here. No, there's no weird, like... I mean, maybe the fact that Patrick Christopher might have been his cousin, brother, slash lover. Wait, that's WTF. Yeah, <laughs> that's Vanderbilt, right yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's a bit... Yeah, I don't think it's crazy. Maybe a three or four, but... I, no, I think... A three. Yeah. I think a three. I think a three. Why, but why not a two? Well, last week's was free. 
Last week's is three. And I think if we hold to the same specification, and it's then probably it should be a two. Well, is it less? Because I think it's probably the same. Uh, it's a bit more horrible warfare. That's true. That's true. But I think it's just warfare. It's just warfare. Mean? At least last year you had him being raised by a a centaur. His mum yeah, was like know, changed into loads two. of different things. Two. Two. Unlucky. Unlucky. Let's add that all together. So that seven plus four. Twenty. Seven plus two. Like fourteen. I think it was twenty. Yeah, it's correct. Twenty. Is that lower than last time? It is. Last time was twenty-two. Wow, I thought it was going to be stronger. Yeah, so did I. But I think it made life skills was crazy high last time, uh, and I think it got roughly the same scores as the last time. It's weird because I, I actually really am enjoying these Achilles stories. They're just not as messed up. They're not as myth myths as other. Because they're about people. These myths are about humans. Yeah. So other myths that are uh, solely based on the gods tend to be a lot weirder because they have powers and they can just do dumb stuff. And the way that it works is that... So with the Iliad, it's all about warfare and it's about um, fighting a battle. And it's a very long-term thing. It's a, it's a siege. However, with uh, the Odyssey, which is like... This, uh, it's about like a, it's all fantastical. It's lots of different elements, and then this massive fight at the end, uh, and it's kind of like a, so it, that's going to be a bit more WTF. However, this is like the, the this is still based in reality a bit more. Mm. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's less uh, fantastical. Uh, I mean, there's still fancy elements within it, but it means that's a bit more. I know uh, it's a bit more of a realistic interpretation of it. It's more about the. The hubris of humans than the fantasy of uh, like monsters. Yes, know. yeah. But I think that it's, uh, yeah, it's important to recognise that because with um, again in the Aeneid, half the uh, the first half is like the this uh, Odyssey where it's just quite a lot of monsters and adventures, and the second half is like warfare. So yeah, it's different. Anyway, um, thank you for listening to the Old Mist podcast. Have you enjoyed it? Uh, why don't you get in touch with us? How? Uh, you can go on Facebook or Twitter at Miss Podcast. And? Email us, at, like Alex did. Uh, thanks, Alex, by the way. MissPodcast um, at gmail.com. And if you want to give us a rating, where do you go? To iTunes, I guess. Or any podcast provider. Any one of your podcast providers. And Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Please send us money. Uh, <laughs> uh, and top of that, uh, you can give us five stars. Uh, we're not currently accepting anything less than five stars at the moment. Because uh, I'm the greatest one on earth, and Dan's a cli- climate change denier, so you know he will deny you giving us less than four stars. So yeah, don't you dare! I'll deny you, God damn it! Yeah, uh, and uh, that, I think that's all from us this week. It is. I look forward to part three. Let's see what how the Trojan War ends, shall we? Well, is it? I don't think it'll end quite as ASAP. I, uh, oh, okay, okay. Well, how, well I want to see how. Let's see, we'll at least find out how Achilles' this story ends. Yes. Uh, I'm trying not to give away spoilers. We all know how it ends. He gets invaded by... Uh, the spaceship comes down and basically fights off the aliens. And yeah. It's really... Yeah, and then the Egyptians turn up and it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's, 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 there should be a crossover myth between the, like Norse gods and the Egyptians. The Vikings, Egyptians, Romans and Greeks, they all turn up and fight each other. Yeah. They all invade Troy. That's actually what happens in part three. Spoiler alert, guys. See you soon. Bye! Bye. Myths. Myths.